With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. going on guys it is the fan up nba strategy show i'm here joined by terry we've been doing these shows on thursdays bringing you some information about fan up it's a different way to play daily fantasy sports there's no salary cap you play whoever you want there is a flex position we're just score 1.5x the fantasy points spoiler i might like Jokic in that spot i don't want to put words in terry's mouth he's gonna like Jokic as well i'm, I'm pretty right. sure about that do us a favor like the video subscribe to the youtube channel also, if you're signing up for FanUp for the first time, use the promo code AWESOME. You don't have to make a deposit. If you just sign up using that promo code AWESOME, you get $25 in free credits put into your account. Just sign up using that promo code AWESOME, download the app. All you have to do, don't even have to make a deposit or anything. Terry, how'd you enjoy your time off from basketball? You know what? It was pretty good. It was nice uh, not uh, having it. I enjoy writing my articles every day, but it was nice having a little break from that after writing every single day of the basketball season. Nice jumping over to NHL for a week and playing over there. I had uh, you know a couple decent fun slates over there. So yeah, it was pretty good. How about you? Yeah. So it was, I enjoy being able to do nothing because I do, I do shows six nights a week. I do a lot of shows. So it was kind of cool to be able to do nothing, but at the same time too, Playing DFS is my main source of income, playing DFS and sports betting. And I just don't have other hobbies, really. So, like, I don't, I don't have anything to do. So, I'm like, oh, this is cool. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to do nothing when I'm off work because work is also what my hobby is. That and I was running really well in NBA DFS and yeah. DFS in general leading up to the All-Star break. So, it, it kind of did feel like I was getting blue balled a little bit because it was like, oh, I had, I had my best football week of the season was in the Super Bowl. Then I had my best NBA slate, the final slate before we get into the All-Star break. And now it's like, now I don't have anything to do. But we're back today. That's always talk- the tough part of those breaks, right? I mean, that's <laughs> when you feel like you're going good and everything and then having to take that week and, you know, hopefully come back, knock the rust off right away and get back into it. But uh, yeah, I feel you on that. And like I said, hence the NHL slates that I was playing. I got stuck on uh, NASCAR. I don't know if you heard about the NASCAR uh, FC to FanDuel matching issue with some uh, dude's name that didn't come up. Uh, cost me a uh, nice little 50 lineup train in the NASCAR uh, slate there. But yeah, it's fun to feed the addiction a little bit during that week. I know nothing about NASCAR. It was not some, it was, I I kind of, I you look like, I mean, I don't know. You kind of look like somebody who'd be into NASCAR. You have just the visual image of somebody. It's the facial Uh hair, the hat. It's, it's kind of the appearance of a NASCAR fan. Tyler also a little bit. I'll take it. Yeah. Tyler also a little bit just based on being from Texas, but Hey, basketball's back. Looks like Tyler Tyler was at Daytona. 
No, he cashed the Daytona. He took a third, either third or fourth, he said, in, uh, in one Ooh, of the uh, 20 not maxes. bad, not fourth bad. I missed, I missed the not other bad. part of that chat because we have the little bit of a different uh, – oh, we got fourth in the $3.20 max at Daytona. Barry Bonds? I think that's a misspell. I think he meant Barry Bonds. But <laughs> Now, Barry, Barry that's, a, that's a NASCAR driver. You just don't know. Uh, yeah, it could, that, it could be a two that or it was one of those created characters in MLB game because they weren't allowed to use <laughs> Barry Bonds' likeness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's hit on a little bit of the uh, fan-up slate now where, once right. again, there is no salary cap. We can play whoever we want at any position. And we're going to start with the guards here. And, you know, Terry, center to me is kind of going to be the easiest t- spot to talk about on the entire slate Guard, we've got a couple of interesting options at the high end. Here are some of the players I have projected for the most fantasy points that are guard eligible. Steph Curry, Devin Booker, John Moran, Devin Booker being kind of, you know, the key one to me today with no Chris Paul in the picture. I'm wondering for you, Terry, is there anybody else you put in in terms of being that upper tier of guards and who are your favorite guys to target? Yeah, so I went through and I agree with you. I was going through before the show, just kind of making a list. So I had the positions right. There are a few positional discrepancies, um, you know, between uh, the FanDuel and DK slates and what FanUp's doing with uh, positions, no multi-position here. So I wanted to make sure I had everybody at the right spot. And the list for guard is just a lot, lot longer than the list for forward even or the list for center, which I think the list for center has got two names on it. One of them goes in the flex spot and the other one goes in the center spot <laughs> like you were hinting at. We'll get into that. But at guard, I think there's actually a little bit of depth in it. It's kind of borne out looking at our projections. There's a lot of guys, if we're looking at like DK projections, projected from 48 at the top where we've got John Morant. We've got Booker right there at 46.9. And then you go down into the high 30s. So with like a 10-point spread, there's roughly 10 guys uh, that we can talk about at the guard spot that could all end up performing about the same. There are guys that I like better, and I think my choice uh, out of those guys would be Booker, just based on what you said with no Chris Paul there. We've seen that before with uh, with Devin Booker and the big takeover. I don't know what that clapping noise is that I'm but uh, we've seen Devin Booker take over in that situation before, and I think he does it again. We've got a really nice boom score probability on him. Uh, it's a salary-based number on the other sites, but you can extrapolate some you know, ceiling score potential from that. So I think Booker's a great choice in one of those guard spots. Yeah, so uh, by the way, that, that, no, that is Tyler typing on his phone. It is the, the buttons <laughs> oh, doing the, 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 it. whatever it's called. But So for me, I think the two top guys here are, there he goes, he put it on, he put it on silence. That'll, (laughs) that'll fix it up. This is, you know, a little bit of new technology. Us trying to figure out how to share our phones while we're doing this. And uh, please, anybody who's watching, don't be texting Tyler anything crazy because it'll pop up on the screen potentially. Please do. Uh, (laughs) um, So looking at the guards for me, if I could only choose two and I'm trying to be optimal, it's going to be John Moran and Devin Booker. But, and I assume he's going to be popular also, Steph Curry, I still think has immense upside, obviously, at the guard position. It's just the floor is lower for Curry because he's not nearly as consistent. Now, the All-Star break doesn't mean that much to me, especially how people perform in the All-Star game. But is there any takeaway from you where you look at Steph Curry hitting a record 16 threes in the All-Star game and think, Maybe he comes into this game firing a little bit with a little bit of extra confidence and maybe the usage rate spikes a little bit because of that. On the show, but on the live before lock before the all-star game, it made me feel good because I said 
that that is essentially going to be like Steph Curry's uh, shot at the three-point shooting competition that he didn't take part in um, because those shots are that wide open. Yet he was taking some ridiculous ones too. He was jack. He stopped at one point at half court and just took a half quarter because why not? Because it's the all-star game. Um, Steph's had a weird shooting season in general. Maybe that is a little bit of a, a you know, just get right, feel better about it uh, kind of a thing. Nothing that I want to try and quantify. Nothing that I want to put a stake in the ground and say, now Steph Curry is going to be good at basketball again. I mean, it's Steph Curry. There's always going to be upside. He could go on an absolute tear, and it means it might mean nothing about the all-star break. It might just be happenstance. He could go on an absolute tear, and it's because of that he could go in the tank, and it could be either explanation, too. There's no real way of putting our thumb on it. I love Steph Curry in any situation. I'm happy to roster him. I would have him ranked third behind uh, Booker and Trey and uh, John Morant as well here, though. Yeah, that's where I am. Uh, I just think that because of his upside, he's at least worth considering. I would say that maybe he would make sense as a contrarian play in the flex spot, but I can't get past Jokic. I have him project for so many more fantasy points than every other player on the slate. But just to kind of exemplify the kind of upside that Steph Curry has when he is making his shots here, his last handful of games from the last couple of weeks, 67, 36, 48, 27, 57, 43, 40, 37. So you get these games where it's like a lot of games around 40 fantasy points for Steph Curry, but then you get one of these games where it just goes nuclear and starts making a lot of shots. And it's kind of a snowball effect from there because not only is he making shots, but then encourages him to take more of those shots. And that's when all of a sudden you get these games where it's like, oh, look, Steph Curry had a 38% usage rate. He scored 50 real life points. So that's where I think at least for this format, we're not worried about any kind of salary cap. I would consider him at least for the upside, whereas it's hard for me to consider any other guards outside of Morant, Curry, and Booker. Is there anybody outside of that trio that you look at and think that maybe I'm overlooking from an upside standpoint? So, like I said, I made a list. There are other names on the list, and it's a gradual decline as we get there. The only guy that I would put in that category, maybe in terms of like the realistic upside, I think would probably be Trey Young. Just kind of a same same kind of a story as Steph gets a little bit hot with the shooting. You never know. He has one of those wild nights. I think that upside, that 60-point-ish kind of upside is there uh, with him as well. There are other guys that can hit that. I just think it's less reliable for guys, uh, if you want to throw uh, like Zach Levine into the mix. Uh, Jalen Brown is on the uh, shooting guard on the uh, guard rather on this site. Even D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, there's some realistic upside, and they're all all those guys are projected in like that 30 point range, or excuse me, upwards of 30, 30 to 40 point range. So they're all similar in the median score. They're a tick down from the top end guys that we're talking about there. They've got the potential to on any given slate hit a 50 point upside, hit a 60 point upside. It's just less likely to me than any of those other guys. And on a slate where salary isn't a factor, just plug and play the top projected guys, the top ceiling guys. And I think those guys are the same, the three guys that we talked about up top. Yep. I think we're on the same page there. So let's move on over to the forwards and with the forward here, really slim pickings because at the guard spot, well, we were able to hone in on a few guys that we both agreed on. We're we're really the top overall plays at guard. There are just a, a kind of a forward tier at the top where you get guys, you know, like Jason Tatum, and then there's a pretty big drop off. So I'm wondering, how are you approaching the forward position? Because it does look like this could be a spot that's hard to differentiate. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, it looked extremely thin. I think any differentiation that you're going to do on this site tonight, you know, it's when we're shooting for a split prize amongst the top 10 and uh, and everybody gets, uh, I think it's like 110 bucks in a pair of Jordans or something like that. You can take differentiation out of the equation to some degree. Like a lot of people are going to have dupe lineups anyway. You don't necessarily have to factor it in quite as much, but it's still going to play a part here. I just don't see how we're going to find it at the forward position. I think it's Jason Tatum, it's DeMontis Sabonis, and then it's everyone else. And it's separated by a pretty wide margin. And I do agree Tatum above Sabonis in that spot based on how we've got it projected. But just looking at the guy, there's a lot of guys that have forward eligibility on the other sites, like uh, like a Mobley, like an Allen to take two calves, for example, that are center only on this site. So they're basically out of the game entirely because they're not playable in the center of the util spot and they're not eligible at the forward spots. So I have a really thin list. I have four names on it. I have Tatum Sabonis and then I have Jaron Jackson and Robert Williams on this list. And those are the four center uh, power, the four forward eligible guys that I included here. So there's just not a lot. Like you said, it is thin, thin pickings. And to me, I like it's, it's Sabonis and it's Tatum by a very, very wide margin. So like to me, let's let's kind of revisit the guards for a second here because I almost think we're, we're going to get to a situation where we're just overlapping with the, the field a whole bunch here. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost impossible. So I think forward, it's Tatum, it's Sabonis. It's hard for me to get away from those guys. If we're trying to differentiate, do you think guard is the best spot to differentiate with in it, given that information we just talked about? Yeah, I mean, if you want to take one of the premium out of the top three guys that we talked about and then make one of those pivots instead of going um, like Booker Ja or Booker Steph or Ja Steph, go Booker um, Jalen, go, go, uh, you know, go Ja um, D'Angelo Russell or even I think even like Ja Steph would be differentiated maybe or or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's Job Booker. It depends on on which one of those guys gets the most buzz. I think Booker's going to be in there as far as the most popular pick because he's just going to have industry buzz all day long. Um, Steph would normally be the guy I would expect would be the most popular just based on him being Steph Curry and just being globally popular uh, a little bit more so than like a guy like John Morant. But if Ja gets talked up throughout the day and continues to be the highest projected guard play on uh, on all the different sites, then I think he'll probably take that rollover. So there's a little bit of flex there. You throw Trey Young into the mix. You can do different things and not sacrifice that much in terms of the median projection. It's just that reliability of approaching that ceiling score that we were talking about that you do start to sacrifice when you start including guys like D'Lo or, uh, or you know, DeRozan or, or anybody like that. 
I'm going to say Simons is my favorite differentiation play just because the matchup against the Golden State Warriors is terrible, but there's so many players out now for Portland. And I just have to think this is going to mean a lot of usage for him. So Damian Lillard, we don't think he's coming back this year. Then we've got CJ McCollum traded. And now Yusuf Nurkic is out for what's, if we're being realistic, probably the rest of the season. Why are you bringing Nurkic back at this point with a foot injury? Simon's usage rate over the last handful of games, 29%, 29%, 31%, 32%, averaging right around 50 fantasy points in his last three games. He's going to go out there and chuck. The matchup against the Warriors, like I said before, not ideal. At least Draymond Green's out. That's going to ease up the defense a little bit. But just the fact that we are seeing Simons come into the all, come out of the All-Star break three consecutive games with over 30 points, and that's not because of some crazy short of, sort of uh, you know efficient shooting while he has shot the ball really well. There just aren't other guys to shoot right now on Portland. And I guess if we're trying to differentiate and find upside, this is going to be my guy. Now as we're just kind of walking through the strategy of this slate. So I, I don't disagree with everything you just said about Anthony Simons and why he's a good play and why it makes sense that he's got upside and, and everything with that. I like him better on the salary sites where that's important. On a no salary site, it's still a little difficult for me to go to him. He's for the season 0.89 fantasy points per minute compared to a bunch of guys who are in the one threes, the mid one threes, the one twos over his last three games. Like you mentioned, Simons has been hot, jumped to a 1.25, call it 1.3. That means he's, his ceiling production is in line with these other guys in their average production for their normal situations for the season. You get a guy like Booker who jumps into a spot with no Chris Paul now, he's going to get a much bigger jump to a bigger fantasy score than what Simons does. So I think Simons is in the mix, and that's an interesting call that definitely nobody on this site is going to be using Simons. So you get a major piece of differentiation there. I'm just a little concerned about the sacrifice of ceiling and the sacrifice of median there, or the potential sacrifice of median there. So I actually only have Steph Curry project for one more fantasy point than Simons today. Okay. And it's just all those guys that are out for for Portland right now. And mm-hmm. I'm going to pull up the numbers for him this year because you know we've, we've got time here. We're, we've, and we've, honestly, we've Steph is a perfect comp there. I mentioned the, the last three for Simons, 1.255 uh, fantasy points per minute to put a, a fine point on it. Steph for the season, 1.25. So that's the exact example of what I was just talking about. Basically, Simons has elevated his production to meet Steph's average production. So that's a so, great comp. I mean, it makes sense that they would be they would, they would be projected that way. And there isn't that much data this year for Anthony Simons when Nurkic, McCollum, and Lillard are all off the court. Mm-hmm. But eight point three percent usage increase when all three of those guys are off the court. A ton of usage going <laughs> to Simons in this situation. Wow. He's going to shoot, and given that he's going to shoot that much, and just. Here's the projected starting lineup today, or at least the starting lineup I have when I ran when I was trying to figure out minutes this morning for for Portland. The starting lineup that I'm expecting for them tonight is Anthony Simons, Josh Hart. You know, Hart's a decent player, but then CJ Ellaby, Justice Winslow, and Trendon Watford. Simons is going to take a lot of shots, and I just don't see a way that Portland is competitive in this game unless he makes a lot of those shots because these other guys are not high volume shooting players. Simons is going to have that, you know, 30 to 35% usage rate. If somebody's shooting that much and they miss the shots, they lose. They get blown out. If he makes some of them, they're kind of in play. It's hard to imagine that somebody could really suck as a 35% usage guy and the team's going to be competitive. So whatever. Uh, Do I feel super confident in Anthony Simons? No, but we're playing in top-heavy contests with no salary structure and everybody's going to be playing the same lineups. 
Yeah, and it's difficult to mount an argument uh, other than that. I, I still like them better on the on the sites where salary matters. Um, but, uh, you know, hey, it might be the first day of World War III and we're here talking about fantasy basketball with no salaries. So, uh, yeah, yeah, there we go. Who knows? That's the, spe- <laughs> that's the spirit, Terry. And don't forget, you guys also, if you want to you take advantage of, of all our offers before the world ends, you sign up awesome. You get 25 free bucks to play with here over, over a fan up. Uh, anything else you want to hit on from the forward position now that we get back to those guys? Because... To me, like I said, if I'm going to differentiate, I'm going to do it at guard. I can't get away from Sabonis or Tatum just based on what my projections are. At least for Anthony Simons, he's somebody I've projected for, you know, low mid-40s fantasy points, and I see a path to upside. I don't see it quite the same in terms of realistic ceiling for other forward options. Who is the player outside of Sabonis and Tatum at forward you think has the most upside? I think it's got to be Jaron Jackson Jr., 1.20 1.20 fantasy points per minute for the season, 1.21 over the last three games. We all know the story about if he's on the court and not uh, getting into foul trouble. He's a very, very aggressive, good performer in terms of fantasy points per minute. He's the viable pivot to me. for If we're looking at Sabonis, he's, a, he's around the same kind of per minute production. So if you wanted to say, I'm going to go to a guy who is potentially going to be a little bit less popular than Sabonis in that spot. I think to me, it's Jaron Jackson, but I think he's the pivot that everybody's going to make. So I don't think you're differentiating all that much by going to the third guy on a three-man list. Like it, It's just the play that anybody who doesn't want to play those two at those positions is going to make. Um, and I don't see you gaining all that much ground from, from doing it, but that would be the answer. Yeah, I, I could see that. But once again, I can't play Triple J over Sabonis or Tatum no, just based neither. on the projections I have. And we're going to talk about centers here because I run into the same issue at center. I have to play Jokic tonight. I have Jokic projected for more than 15 more fantasy points than anybody else on this slate today. The, there's just such a big gap from Sabonis uh, or from Jokic to the next tier of guys, you know, like the Booker, Sabonis, Moran, all of those guys. Play Jokic, play him in the flex spot. Yep, that's how I view this slate. I, I think he's so likely to be the top scoring player. Do you view it the same way, or are you willing to differentiate by not playing Jokic or just playing him in the center spot and somebody else in flex? Yeah, I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you play anybody else in the flex spot. To be honest, if you're running twenty, I think it's a twenty max on this site. So if you're running twenty lineups maybe two of them, I would uh, not include Nikola Jokic in the flex spot just for pure differentiation purposes. Um, But I think he is far and away the most likely guy to put up the highest fantasy score. Going by the sites numbers, yeah, we've got him 13-ish DraftKings points ahead of the next highest guy, who is the other center that we'll talk about in a minute uh, on Alex's projections. So yeah, with a bullet, it's Nikola Jokic. Uh, It's not even a conversation in the multiplier spot. Just, Just lock him in. Yeah, and I mean, we see this basically because there's a there's tiers of fantasy producers this year. And at the top, Jokic is still kind of tier one by himself. I, I mean, there are cases where there's individual slates like, hey, Giannis, and there's no Middleton, or look, Embiid. But even the even the Embiid one's about to drop off with Harden in the picture. So I, I really think Jokic for the rest of the season is in a fantasy tier of his own. While for a minute, like I said, we had Embiid there. I don't think that's going to be the case going forward. So any slate where we're looking at fan up and Jokic is on the slate, play him in the flex spot. It, it mm-hmm. sucks because you can't really differentiate and get creative, but it's hard for me to reason anything else when I think the most likely outcome is that not only does he outscore every player on the slate, but he probably does it by a significant amount of fantasy points. Yeah, it's very difficult to uh, to disagree with that in any way, shape, or form or, uh, or really add to it. Just total total agreement here. All right, so let's look at the other centers because we still have one that we're going to have to play in the flex spot. And, you know, we do have some high-end centers here outside of Jokic, most namely Vooch and Carl Anthony Towns. 
I don't think there's another center I could really take seriously here. Uh, but how do you see this position? Yeah, to me, the other name on that list was Carl Anthony Towns. I think he's the uh, the go-to guy here. 1.32 fantasy points per minute performer for the season. Uh, we've seen a little bit more than that out of him. He was a 1.39 performer last year. Seems, uh, you know, just to put a little narrative spin on it, seems extremely motivated. He was talking at the All-Star game about, uh, you know, he wants to prove himself the best shooting uh, big man of all time. And just, I feel like he's he's gotten a little bit of a kick this year and, uh, and wants to probably play himself out of Minnesota and reclaim, uh, you know, his status as one of the elite players in the league. Um, so whether that all comes to a head tonight in a heads-up competition against the only other viable center, Nikola Vucevic, um, who knows? But Vuce is a little bit further down the board, 1.24 fantasy point per minute performer this season. So in a heads-up match, I would take Carl Anthony Towns, but I think Vuce is right there in terms of uh, you know what we can expect fantasy-wise. We've got them separated by about six points in the, fan, in the uh, site projections. So give me Cat over Vuce, but it's close enough. All right. And so for me, it's also very close, but let me check what is our ownership projection? Because um, it's, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to project fan up, but I think maybe we can look very, at some. Yeah. Very, very disparate ownership. Um, 16% uh, ownership on cat on DK versus 3.6% uh, for Vooch with very similar pricing 10, four versus 10, one for Vooch. All right. So that that's case, a big ownership gap. Give me Vooch. I do have Towns projected slightly higher, but not to the point where he outscores, where he outscores him five to one. Yeah. And I think the other thing to consider here also is maybe we want to be less, you know, just less, uh, we, we want to be a little less contrarian. Maybe we don't have to go to Simons here. Considering that ownership gap between Vooch and Towns, I think this is the most likely way to differentiate our lineups. I think I feel better about this than going with like Simons over Booker. Does, how, how, how do you feel about that stance? Yeah, that's a that's a good call, and it, it kind of reflects my concerns about you know where Simons was potentially with uh, around the ceiling and everything. So if you're going to two of those guards, maybe you still do make a, a little bit of a pivot and gain some ground on the field by you know going to one of the other premium guards and then making this Vooch pivot here. I like that call. That's that's an interesting way to look at it, and uh, I'd overlook the ownership factor there. So that makes a lot of sense. That's a good call over Cat. We got a question from DFS B-ball fan Jokic or no tonight. Yeah, uh, yes, yes, yes on Jokic. It's it's just going to be a slate. And by the way, we could have this as a broad-ranging conversation across not just FanUp, but also DraftKings, FanDuel, Yahoo, any site that has a salary cap. I have Jokic projected for so many more fantasy points than everybody else. So FanUp, not a concern, right? Because there's no salary cap. So we're playing Jokic there, no-brainer. Even on other sites with a salary cap, we have players out today. There is value. It is not that difficult to get up for Jokic. And once again, I haven't projected for so many more fantasy points than everybody else that even on sites where we do have a salary cap, you know, he's 12-5 on DK, on FanDuel, 11 for, That's a ridiculous salary on Jokic, by the way, 11400 on FanDuel. I still like him even on sites with salaries just because people are asking about Jokic relative to that, Terry. Are you in the same boat as me where even if he was a situation on FanDuel, we had to pay a salary for Jokic, we're still rostering him. Yeah, absolutely. I would still roster him with enthusiasm. I'd actually probably like a little bit better because we'd probably get a little bit of ownership off of him as people get away from salary or whatever. Um, uh, on FanDuel at 11-4, he is our most optimal player on the entire slate at 32.8% optimal. That's ridiculous for a, a player at that salary to be the most optimal play, but he's there um, pretty easily. It's him, then it's Devin Booker, and then it drops by uh, roughly eight percentage points. So it's a giant gap between those two and everybody else. On DK, call him the 
seventh or eighth most optimal player, maybe not even that far down the list. I don't have it sorted by that at 12-5. Same situation. Play him in all all sites, all circumstances. Just fire away with Jokic on this slate. All right, Terry, anything else you want to uh, talk about here as it pertains to fan up and the the lack of a salary cap structure of the roster anybody want? Is there any loose ends that we have not yet dug into? Any other players we should be bringing up? Um, in terms of other players, now you're you're basically downgrading your lineup if you're going to yeah. other guys that we're not uh, that we haven't really brought up here. There are you know there are other guys at the center spot that are going to be talked about in other shows like uh, like Mobley, like Allen, where they have positional eligibility at the forward spots on the other sites, where they have salary considerations. Um, like you look at uh, Mobley for 7,500, he's coming up 14% optimal on the FanDuel slate, 7,000 comes up the same amount optimal on DK with power forward and center eligibility. It's just a totally different animal over here where there's only a very limited uh, pool of players before you just start making major, major downgrades to your lineup if you plug in anybody else. So it's really limited to the guys that we've talked about. You know, circumstantially, a few other guys could potentially work their way into the winning lineup when you look at it at the end of the night. But these are your best bets going into the slate, and that's the best we can hope for. All right. So let's finish because we've got like a minute to play with here. So I just want to go through if we're building a lineup, not considering what we think the field is going to be doing, just this is what we think is the optimal lineup. Let's go ahead and build that. For me, it is Morant and Booker still at guard. Is it the same for you? Is Does anybody yep. else sneak in ahead of those guys? No, nope, I'll go with that. Morant and Booker for me. Forward, we got it there. It's Tatum and Sabonis. We talked, the next the next guy is Jaron Jackson Jr. Massive gap in projection from yep. him to these guys. Tatum and Sabonis, the guys. I, I don't even, I'm going to ask you just to, just for the humor of the show, just so I make sure I get your stance and that I'm not just assuming your opinion. Terry. Tatum and Sabonis, top two forwards. I concur. At center, I know we have Vooch in here right now, but that's just for ownership reasons. I do have Cat projected higher than him. Obviously, the highest projected center is Jokic, but he has to go in the flex spot. So for me, the optimal lineup would have Towns. If you were playing, you know, like a cash type lineup on fan up and you were not concerned about any kind of duping, this is it on screen for me right now. This is my highest projected lineup considering the numbers I'm looking at. Terry, is it the same for you? Or is there anything else we'd be changing here? It is. I feel like this is like that scene in Crimson Side where they crack the thing and have to confirm that the message is authentic. Message is authentic, Captain. That one works. All right. That is going to do it for us today then, guys. Like the video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out all the other content we have today. MMA Strategy Show. Uh, we've got the NBA Live Before Lock, NBA Deeper Dive, and our new NBA betting show. Uh, that is Locks Before Lock, which is you know in theme with everything else Live Before Lock related. If you guys are interested in sports betting, if you guys are interested in props, Check that out, 30 minutes right before Deeper Dive. Good luck, and I hope to see you guys later.